We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. Outside the through door. He'll get the flyby. Three on the way, and he rattles it in. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Bakes it in. This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up, Thunder fans, and welcome to the uncontested podcast, weekly podcast, group podcast. Um, we are the official podcast of SI Thunder and a proud part of Blue Wire Podcast Network. As you all probably can tell, I am not Jacob Niffin. Our fearless leader, uh, often host of the pod, is is off in the mountains of South Dakota doing a little hiking, a little vacay, clearing the mind. Um, so, so we hope he's enjoying his vacation. I know he's tuning in. Um, so yeah, this is Taylor Peterson. I'm I'm taking over hosting duties, or in other words, look at me short. Look at me short. I'm the captain now. I'm the, the power's gone now. straight to his head. I know. <laughs> this is a dictatorship, authoritarian <laughs> podcast. No, no. Uh, we have a ton of fun things to talk about. I'm very happy to be joined, none other but than by two of my co-hosts, JD Silva, fellas. We're back and. Justin, OKC Tracker. Hello, everybody. Gentlemen, a lot of fun stuff to break down. This is the fun time of the year. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like we went from all these like hypotheticals for two to three months and just got so repetitive to now yes. we have so much to talk about. It's like you're drinking out of a fire hose. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, Real we prefer things. the latter. Real actual things. No <laughs> Real more things. No so more good. shade and sharp hypotheticals and speculation. <laughs> No more, um, you know, dream scenarios of getting Jade and Ivy. Like we, we can live in the sure here and now. Trade up? <laughs> this is I pretty funny. I think there's still a chance they could there's get Jade and Ivy, guys. Yeah, that's right. Hey, uh, <laughs> apparently the Knicks are still trying to trade up for him, right? Yep. This is pretty funny. Amon A, longtime listener. Draft <laughs> night was so crazy and Niffin needed to retreat to the mountains. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Yep, that's exactly what happened. Got in the car as soon he, as the draft ended. He left, yeah. it, left it up to us. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, you guys both doing good? Any initial thoughts before we dive into some some fun stuff? 
I got uh, I, some cold brew running through my veins right now. All uh, right. Yeah, we're really Same, cracking. But really cracking tequila. Down. Ooh. Ooh, a little uh, on the rocks or just neat? Just straight. Uh, yeah. Just uh, straight. One, one ice cube. One just ice sipping, cube. Sipping pretty? <laughs> sipping pretty, indeed. You know, I'm uh, celebrating. We got Chet, gentlemen. Yeah. Chet so good. is a thunder. And, like, that's a real thing. It's not a hypothetical. It's an actual real thing. And it's starting to sink in. Like, that press conference... Seeing him hold up the jersey, it it's seeing pictures of how freakishly tall he is compared to everybody else in correct, said picture. That too, <laughs> just towers over everyone. Did you see he got the uh, underwear sponsorship? Just <laughs> incredible. You know, it's weird is that photo the most natural to that. partnership? Can we discuss uh, that? <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, look, I look in the spirit of hosting the podcast, uh, just channeling my inner Jacob, I may or may not have scrolled past and thought, uh, is this like? I probably shouldn't say it. Um, <laughs> look, all I'm Easy. saying is he had on striped <laughs> boxers, right? And uh, yeah. little boy in the striped pajamas. Uh, oh, my Paris God. be made there. Okay. Oh, it's all I'm alluding guy. to. Oh, my God. But really, he just, like. He, does, he is just a specimen. If I were an underwear company, <laughs> which I'm not, <laughs> is that the body? But you, you are in marketing and graphic design for a lot of different companies. This is true. I do. I do work in marketing, and I can't say Chet Holmgren would be my first pick for an underwear model. They got the longest boy. They got they the lo- hey, body positivity and inclusivity. Careful, careful there, Silva. We're talking about a boxer company after all. Well, if they wanted the longest underwear boy, they should have called Surge. Oh my god! And we are officially off the rails. We are back. I'm Jacob's, to come in as Jacob's going to pop in and hone us in. Show. <laughs> be like, what have you guys off. done? Oh god! Uh, hey. Seriously, speaking of Chet, that's the point I made, J- uh, Justin. Obviously, Silva, Jacob, and I were in person. Uh, Justin, Nick, and Kamir all joined us uh, virtually, which is yes. a lot of fun on draft night. And when we were doing our podcast, that was a point that I made that I didn't think we were focusing enough on. Like, yeah, remember back three, four years ago when like Chet Holmgren was in high school and was his top prospect, and we were all so excited wow. and making jokes about him being an OKC, and like he's here now. So I think that's a really good transition. Uh, we're obviously going to dive deep into each of those players that the Thunder drafted all four of them and, and kind of give some some thoughts now that we've slept on the draft a little bit. But before doing so, kind of wanted to get your guys' overall thoughts. It's been about 72 hours now since the draft occurred, right? And we sit on it a bit. I know all of us have been talking in our Slack. We've been going back and re-watching all the different uh, YouTube clips and reading Sam Vecini's draft Bible and going back and watching actual film, uh, whether it's Synergy or certain YouTube accounts, whatever. And we've had some thoughts on these players uh, and maybe some overall thoughts, just the draft as a whole. And then you guys allude to this as well, but Sam Presti uh, and the draft picks were announced on Saturday. Our own Nick Crane was there in person. So we got some really interesting quotes that I think provide some insight as well. So uh, I'm just kind of curious. I, I want us just to go through one by one and kind of give our overall draft thoughts, some takeaways from the draft, uh, from OKC's draft specifically, obviously, and then um, maybe what that tells us about this team moving forward. And then, you know, as, as we go along, if there's any quotes maybe that you guys saw yesterday that kind of fit in with some of those themes, we can throw them in there and, and see how they kind of, you know, go with our answers. So uh, Silva, I see you nodding your head. That means you to go first. What, what's your first overall thought? Just take away. Th- this is all like truly sinking in at this point. So I know it happened 72 hours ago, uh, but it feels like it happened so much longer. This feels like so much time has elapsed since then. <laughs> and there's been so much to think about. 
And at that at the press conference on Saturday, the biggest one of the biggest things that I appreciated was getting to hear the prospects talk about like, oh, they actually wanted to be here. Like Chet specifically came out and said, This is now that I've been drafted officially, I can say that this is where I want to be. Which is so good to hear from a guy at his level. You 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 heard it from Gavoni, Vicini, all these guys, like, hey, Chet's Chet's camp really wants to end up in OKC because of XYZ. And now you hear it straight from Chet. It's 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 incredible. And hearing him talk to the media in general about kind of what he wants to do in his first season, what he's going to work on, what he believes in, um, makes me so excited to see how he fits next season. I'm I'm very excited to watch this team play together. I think that uh, I'd echo that across the board. Like everyone seems genuinely thrilled to be in Oklahoma City. Maybe that wears off, but at least for now, you know it it feels nice. You get all the the media talk about being the black eye of the NBA and all that kind of stuff, but if you're a young gun coming into the league, is there a better spot to be than Oklahoma City right now? Like you're going to get a lot of opportunity, you're going to get a lot of playing time. Like your role is quite literally wide open. Anybody can compete for a spot. There's not a locked in role on this team other than maybe Shea Gilgis Alexander, but like. The whole lineup is open for business. If you are good enough, you will get those minutes. You can't say that about a lot of other teams in the league. Certainly some of the ones, some of the other ones at the top of the lottery are in a similar position, but you pair that opportunity with the development staff that Oklahoma City has and that reputation. It's exciting. I, I get why these guys are excited, but I think getting to see the press conference, just like you, Silva, of like hearing from Chet, hearing from J-Dub, hearing from J-Will, a little bit from Usman. Like it's, it's super exciting to hear these guys talk, get to know their personalities a little bit. I think that's what's always hard on draft night is some of these guys, the, the Jays, I don't know a ton about them, you know, I, mm-hmm. as, as not only as players, but as people. And Sam Presti really emphasized that, that we don't draft players, we draft people. So like kind of getting to know them and their quirks, like that's the stuff that makes you fall in love with them as a fan. It's why that uh, we get attached to to the guys that aren't even great players is just because of that personal perspective. And I think you can already see some big personalities between the Jalen's and oh, yeah. their willingness to and like Chet. do the Spider-Man pointing meme <laughs> yeah. photo shoot. And uh, I mean, they even had on the same shoes. They were both wearing KDs. I know. I noticed that too, Justin. I yeah. knew you would notice that. <laughs> you're, our, uh, you're our uniform tracker. Yes. I, I knew you'd see that. But like uh, that kind of stuff, I think is is super fun. Um, kind of get getting to see a little bit uh, behind the curtain, not just the highlight tapes, not just the clips, not just the film breakdowns, but seeing These them and kind of what people. makes them tick. And yeah, and like that video of um, Jay Will crying at the at the table at his old uh, high school. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Like that that's kind of stuff me. is so mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't even care about his, his stats. I'm in, I'm in on this kid. I mean, he's now my favorite player and I want him to succeed. <laughs> I just bought his jersey. Cost necessary. Yeah, that's right. I just bought his jersey. How, How do you guys you bring up them to decide the J will J dub thing? Do you think like they just kind of went in and like, I, that's, they already had that. Nickname? That was Nick, already said. Okay. Yeah. Nick called Nick it. was on it. Yeah. J dub's got J dub in his, in his handles, Twitter, Instagram, okay. like it's in there. Yeah, yep. and I would assume Jay Will didn't just make up a nickname on the spot because that feels yeah. kind of weird. 
<laughs> but, I think they like started talking and like interacting and stuff, and they kind of realized that okay, so he's J Double. Yeah, I go by J Will, and they're like, okay, perfect. <laughs> so I think Schleck to at, ask that question to kick things off, which was kind yep. of funny, set the tone. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they, they both announced that, which I thought was what was good. But you guys Did bring you up a really good clip? point. Did you see the clip from the, um, it was a pre-draft um, little write-up where it was talking about how they always kept ending up in the same like interview room at the combine yes yeah yes, like I did w- see one that. of them would be sitting in there answering questions and the other one would walk in and they're like come on man Jalen williams, williams I, uh, <laughs> I do too I love it. good stuff one thing you guys brought up there is a, a theme i was going to mention and i'll mention this thread uh, a couple times throughout this segment a friend of the podcast warner west i think he did a really good job breaking down some overall themes and the reason i mentioned this uh, i mentioned it as well on the friday column that we did <clears throat> the reason I mention it so much is because I agree so much with it. <laughs> I think he put it into words uh, even before I really could. And, and one thing that he mentioned, a, a bullet point he had is OKC is home. And you guys kind of touched on that. A lot of these players wanting to be in OKC. And I think the way Warner put it is like, yes, we've talked about the international players, right? They are more likely to want to be in OKC. And now that we've seen that again, this draft, especially with Jang, uh, how did uh, how did Perk pronounce it? Usamane. Usman Dieng, it's hilarious. Usman Jang, butchered it, and I love his nickname's Us. That's such a bad a nickname. I love it. Anyways, yeah. So th- there's one international player, right? And, and I think we can, you know, that could be a takeaway that Presti does value that in a sense. But I thought Wonder brought up a really good point as well about some of these other domestic players, right? The both of the Jalen Williams. As well, and Chet's a little different, um, although there were thankfully the reports that he wants to be in OKC long-term uh, heading into the draft. But the other two players, right, are two uh, kind of, well, one of them specifically, Jalen Williams, being a late riser who really kind of had to fight for his draft positioning. The reason he rose up the boards was because of his personality and his um, his kind of underdog vibe that, that he presents. And also going to a small school as well, right? Like that's a player you could see like falling in love with a team and program like Oklahoma City. The other Jalen Williams, Jay Will out of Arkansas, not as much of a like late riser, as much of a guy who just fits this program to a T, went to a a program close by, and sorry, went to a school close by in Arkansas. So anyways, I, th- I think you guys brought that up. I thought that was a really good, good point as well. Justin, you want to kick us off with another thought and another takeaway uh, from this draft that you've been kind of, chewing on a little bit since, since yeah. Thursday. I mean, the we've we've talked about it. We made a shirt about it. Jacob made a gif about it that a prominent um website may have ripped off or been inspired by the the long boys, the waving arm inflatable tube men, the length of this team is absurd. Like to actually stop and think about it, it's it's absolutely unbelievable when you think about some of the lineups that could realistically be played and not just like putting five centers or big men out there like an actual realistic lineup one through five could be so long and so nightmarish on the defensive end but that's also going to help you on the offensive end and i think presty had a quote about the length he said they process the game extremely well they happen to be really big and I really felt that when I was, uh, and I really <laughs> when I was felt that when I here. was walking up here together, which is incredible. Um, Can you imagine if, if, and tell me if you guys think this will happen this season, a lineup that includes all three of Poku, Chet, and Usman. Like, oh, I think it will. I think it probably will. will happen. And then like Josh Giddy and Shea in the front court. Like, yeah. your shortest player is 6'6". <laughs> 
like Jalen Williams and, and, and sorry, not across the roster, but yeah, in those hypothetical right. lineups, like Jalen Williams and Shea are both six, six. That's incredible. And then just kind of going back to, to your point, Justin, and then I, I want you both to, to continue on, but Jacob tweeted this out on, on draft night. And I think we mentioned this maybe even on our podcast we did after yep. the draft, the combined wingspan that OKC drafted on Thursday night, 28 feet, nine inches. It's <laughs> nuts. I, I know there's a lot of perspective there. I, I encourage our listeners to go and actually look at some of these players like wingspans. And I think we are comparing <laughs> that to some of these other teams. Like that is absurd. And I thought that was a great quote about Presti because I think what we're seeing here is these guys are able to obviously read the game at a high level, but they also have certain advantages. And Presti yeah. kind of touched on that. I, I think he continued in that quote when he mentioned the ability to use that not only height, but that length to be able to create angles that other yep. players aren't able to on the floor. Um, for example, That's being able to look over defenders. So fun, and, yeah, right. Yeah. right. Mm-hmm. I think the, I, the team has a chance with, with all this length to play like really suffocating team defense all the time. Um, and I think that could, that would be exhausting to play against be uh, in like the future, like in a playoff series down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just constantly having to like double check while you're passing the ball. Cause you're not expecting the, all the extra length from, from their, from their wingspan. Um, I'm I, dude, I'm so excited. I have dreamed recently about all the lineups that we might see next season. One of them I really want to see, and I doubt it's going to be a regular thing until Giddy bulks up a bit more. But seeing Shea, Dort, J-Dub, Giddy, and Chet, I want to see that lineup really bad. Really yes. bad. That's fun. Um, yes. Sounds like a blast. And I think J-Dub eventually, this is a bit of a hot take, but... Like I, and I did. I, I felt like I did a pretty decent job diving into him a little bit pre-draft, just because he was getting all that hype post lottery. I'm also not going to pretend like I was all over him prior to the the lottery. And Sam even mentioned that as well, right? But um, to your point, Silva, I think he he's one of those guys that can be can guard up. So even if he's mm-hmm. technically playing like that, I mean, shoot, he has the ability to play as a a primary ball handler in mm-hmm. certain lineups. But assuming he's playing like that two spot which again, I know we're playing positionless basketball. I think he could guard all the way up to four eventually yep. if he can bulk up some. So Here, he here's a there. hot take, Taylor. That was oh. that was mild sauce. I wish I had the uh, the sounder. Here's a hot take. J-Dub makes Thunder fans forget all about Lou Dort once he's traded. Oh, that was like a like double that. hot and take. I, <laughs> I've kind of, been, kind of been thinking about that as well. Because, yeah. Like, it, it, if he really can be, if that defensive acumen translates with his frame and his shooting, he becomes, I mean, he exactly. becomes a monster. There's a lot and of ifs. There's a lot of ifs in that statement, but yes. hot, takes, hot takes don't account for ifs. And that's we just, right. We just you know what? focus on the wins. I don't even know. I think there's some validity behind that, Justin. So I'm going to go ahead. I'll use this as my next point because this is one I had on my list. Like, and again, this kind of goes back to something that Warner mentioned as well, but like kind of the the greater uh, the, the parts together are greater than as a whole than individual parts. And, you know, I, I think we think about that on the offensive end of the floor, but I think it applies defensively as well. So if you have a player like J-Dub out of, of Santa Clara, right? So J-Dub, J-Will, Arkansas. If you have J-Dub who shows a lot of promise offensively is able to defend well one-on-one but even if he's not the lockdown defender stopper that Lou Dort is the fact that you have such a great defensive system in place and great coaches and players that hold others accountable uh, within the system you aren't as reliant on on, reliant as like on an individual defender such as a Lou Dort in this era of the thunder 
or the last era of the Thunder and Andre Robertson, right? And so because yep. of that, that makes Lou a little more – I'm not wanting to trade Lou. I'm not saying that with this, but it makes him a little more expendable, I heard. especially when you dive into some of the quotes that uh, Presti had, right, about like yep. uh, they're going to pick up his option. That means that he would be a uh, unrestricted free agent next season. They obviously wanted to go into that offseason 2023 with as much flexibility as possible. Yep. All of that to say, I think there's a little pressure on Lou Dort and Darius Baisley this upcoming season. I don't think yes. there's going to like trade them before the season starts or trade them at the Agreed. deadline just because they have all these similar players. But Presley talks about a- another thing, right? It's like that that competitiveness um, within the team, the healthy competitiveness. And what he wants to see from those two guys is them to rise above that competitive level. Um, and if they can't, and guys like Usman Jang take a big step or Jalen Williams, J-Dub take a big step, that makes these those other two players, Lou Dort and Baisley, a little more expendable. So I'm curious your guys' thoughts on that as well. I've been I've been thinking about the the similarities between J Dub and Lou Dort. I think J Dub's offensive ceiling is quite a bit higher with how he can handle pick and rolls and pass and just do a lot more off the dribble than Lou Dort can do. Lou Dort is a fine offensive player at this point, mm-hmm. better than a lot of More the other three fine. and D guys. Yeah, yeah, He's solid. Like the best three and D guy we've had at at this point, basically. Um, but and I don't know if J Dub ever gets to the same level of like lateral quickness that Ludort has to where, like you guys were saying, he can guard guys one-on-one and like shut, shut down your James Harden's um, uh, probably three years ago. Now at this point, <laughs> but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think with, with, like I said earlier with this team and the length, you're wanting to play solid team defense. So you don't need yep. your Lou Dort's out there. You can get by having a J dub. That's, that's so tight. I know I'm it's going to be hard it. to get used I'm to. Going to blow it at some point. <laughs> you can get by with a guy like that out there and just bank on him adding that extra offense and still playing solid team defense. And well, and Jenga as well, right? Like he presents yes. those defensive tools. Yes, totally. and he shows some a lot of promise defensively mm-hmm. last season, where mm-hmm. he still gets lost off ball quite a bit. Um, he's obviously slower than like a Lou Dort is, so he's not able to keep up quite as well with smaller guards. But what he does yep. have is great physical tools and a great defensive IQ, which allows him to be able to be a good one-on-one defender. His biggest thing now is that, you know, so all that to say you have now two, maybe three, like in, in Jay will. Uh, I mean, that that's a little bit of a stretch here. I, I think Jay will probably get quite a few blue m- minutes and yep. like end of the season kind of Roby minutes, right. Yep. If we want to call him that, but. All that to say, Silva, I think you're onto something there. With their they're drafting these players that can kind of make Lou a little more expendable, or, or at least uh, elite defense, one on one defense, a little more expendable. And now we're we're talking about guys that haven't played a played single a second yeah. of yeah. NBA minutes, right? Versus Lou, who's shown it against you know some of the league's best. So I want to take it all. I mean, obviously, all of this conversation is is with a grain of salt, exactly. But I think what's really interesting to me. And you heard it a little bit in the quote you read earlier, Taylor, from Presti, where he talks about it's the combination of size and decision making, which goes back to that theme that we've talked about for a long time of it looks like Presti is putting more emphasis and value on basketball IQ versus in the past. Maybe it was, you know, size and athleticism really kind of making those the focal points. I think that's the difference with this crop of guys. They're all freakishly long, but that's not the end of the story. It's freakishly long with high basketball IQ, which plays into what both of you guys are saying about the the team component. It used to be you had a bunch of athletic freaks on the floor and you had to lean on an Andre Robertson because Russell Westbrook's not going to play defense 
most of the time, or you had to rely on a Lou Dort to really kind of anchor things down. And you still can get a ton of value out of Lou Dort in a system where four other guys are contributing also. But I think it makes it a little bit less dependent on that like superstar to hold things down on both ends of the floor. You don't need that offensive like supernova and you don't need that defensive anchor if you have five guys that are playing together. That's honestly like that's the Warriors model, right? That's the yep. the, the kind of new model is like less superstar centric offenses and more complementary put together teams and i think where you where you hear presty talk about you know drafting for fit and like putting a team together and you know the emphasis on like building a group of guys and not just picking people out of a hat which is what was that i didn't add that quote in our i don't our remember document. what it was word for word i was hoping someone else had i know it, but, but i think no. it was something it's basically, you know it's draft. what we do we're drafting on a team, podcast individual players. And on Twitter and on NBA 2K, you're just you're putting it together on paper. It's like making a fantasy basketball team, but that's not how real life works. Look at the Nets. The Nets did that. That's I mean, that is the Harden Katie Irving Nets right there. It doesn't work. It doesn't always work. And it worked the first time, or I say the first time, it's not the first time, but you know, the the big three in Miami and everybody's tried to emulate that. And I think we're seeing that, that, that model, if you hit, it can be special, but it's hard to hit. And so putting a team together like the golden States, like the Boston's that are a little bit more well-rounded five guys kind of working together on the same objective. I think that's the type of team Oklahoma city's building that Sam Presti's putting together versus you know when you look back at how the thunder were constructed before it was very star centric it was get your superstar surround them with complimentary pieces and let them go to work i don't see that model being built in oklahoma city right now i could not agree more and justin you kind of just like kept getting closer and closer i think to the overall point that my my biggest takeaway from all of this is how presty is building this current iteration of the thunder and that is it's it's trying to think of the right way to phrase this, but it's different from the norm. It, it's not, um, you know, what, what people expect. What I mean by that is you alluded to this as well, Justin, when you said, you know, when you think of the Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant teams post Harden, right? Mm -hmm. And even with Harden, he was drafting those long athletic defenders that they hoped that they could develop a jump shot. And the reason they did that is because those players didn't need the, the ball in their hands. Yep. When you had two players like Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook who would, so they could do all the other things. They could do the Nick Collison things. They could do the Andre Robertson things. Um, and we, we uh, Thunder fans, national media clamored for, oh, that you're doing it wrong. You know, get get three point shooting around Kevin Durant and Russell er, er, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Well, this go around, right? We aren't even two years into the rebuild, but already, like with these mock drafts and things, it was like, okay, the Thunder need a big rim runner and they need three-point shooting. They need the A.J. Griffins and the Jalen Durans of the, the, of the <laughs> draft. Well, what's Sam Presti doing instead of that? He's going against the norm once again. And instead, this is kind of what I alluded to when I said Dyson Daniels was high on my Thunder want list because he kind of fit this mold as well. But plug-and-play players that can do a little bit of all of it. High IQ, like we've been talking about already. Um, versatile players on the offensive of the four that create for others, create unique angles that other players aren't able to, to do. Um, obviously can, can hit outside shots and, and create their own shots. Some, I think we've seen that some with 
you know, even Jane, uh, obviously Jalen Williams, J Dub, a player who grew eight inches in high school, went from a, a point guard now to a wing sized body, but still was able to do point guard things. These are all common themes that we're seeing in these players and they're plug and play players, right? Like, again, it goes back to Warner's point that, um, greater as a whole versus individual parts instead of having Russell or sorry, uh, Shea Gillis Alexander and Josh Giddy surrounded by a bunch of three point shooters and a Jalen Duran or a DeAndre Ayton. You have all these players that can do a little bit of the same thing and it's just plug and play. And I love that. That's really exciting. Yep. It didn't quite work out for Presti with the Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, long athletes. I think this one could work out very, very well for the modern NBA. I'm curious. Yeah. So that was yeah, kind of my of, biggest overall takeaway. On that same note, a lot of playoff, if you look at the playoffs now, a lot of it is based on, okay, if they if there's one guy on the other team that can handle the ball or two guys, you can double you can double them mm-hmm. and force them to kick it to another guy, and that team is going to bank on the rest of the of that team's roster not being able to make decisions, not being able to run the offense. And I think everything you just alluded to, Presti's trying to avoid a situation like that. Uh, we saw it with the Celtics a little bit where – Jason Tatum got all the attention. Jalen Brown got all the attention. And then you're left with the ball and love Marcus Smart. You're left with the ball in Marcus Smart's hands or someone or Derek White who are missing one of those skills that that you need with shooting, dribbling, and passing. Um, so I'm, I'm very, very intrigued to see kind of the level of bounce back the team can have if Shea gets game planned against just like he was this yeah, season. Right. If he kicks it out, there are so many other – options now and like you said we haven't seen these guys play a minute but I, they, just the idea of it sounds incredible yep absolutely. i agree i think what's uh the other quote that was interesting that that taylor pulled for us is sam presti said last year we had four players up here and it was our first opportunity to replenish and reposition the team this year we have four same players buzzwords. Up here, and i see a lot of those same things I think that that is really telling. We talked about this a little bit on our post-draft podcast, but like everybody's kind of like gotten hung up on the roster crunch and like all that kind of stuff. And I think this was a pretty telling peek into how Presti's looking at it. And he's looking at it as a revolving door might not be the right terminology, but like musical chairs, maybe. Um, he's used the phrase roster exploration. They're not afraid to draft four guys in back-to-back years because that's kind of the point. Like they're trying to get as many prospects through the door. We use the the term bites at the apple when we're talking about, you know, drafting top picks, but that applies to the guys not drafted in the lottery too. You're looking, the more chances you give Sam Presti to pick in the late first round, early second round, picked up, undrafted free agents, the more likely it is you find a Lou Dort or you find a fill in the blank. Like think how many championship rosters have guys that were picked 30th or mid second round. He's looking for that as much as he's looking for the next kind of superstar on this team. And so it's not surprising at all to kind of look at it through that end, that lens and see what he's doing and realize like, oh, he's not concerned. He's obviously not concerned about roster spots. He's not concerned about like keeping some of these guys around. He wants to see who he has, see who can be the next great kind of underdog contributor role player on the next Thunder championship team. And if they're not that, 
Yeah. And if they're not that, then it's time to move on and you can ship them out and bring in four new guys right behind them to add to this roster. That's a great point. And again, kind of like going back to what I was talking about with Baisley and Lou on a more like, I think a more real, more maybe like upcoming front. Yeah. The Robies, the Teos, the Vic Krejci's. Ty Jerome, Ty Jerome's, all those guys. Now, Mm -hmm. all that to say, to Justin's point, Thunder fans, if you're listening, there is a real chance that if the uh, Lou Dortch is the most extreme example, which is why I keep bringing him up. But like, yes, Lou could get like a much better contract than OKC is willing to offer next season. Maybe again, all hypotheticals. Let's say some team picks him up from free agency, gives him a better contract. We lose him. Lou very likely will look great for that team. Right. But why did Presty give up on him? Right. Or to use like one of the most more immediate examples, Isaiah Roby. Apparently, yep. some interest in him for other teams. Yep. He may go to a oh, Orlando Magic's a bad example, like D- D- Detroit Pistons, and, and look great there as well and really turn out to be a great long term role player. Yep. That's going to happen. Presty's willing to take those gambles and let those things happen. But like some of these other players, like the Usman Jangs when they develop or the, um, you know, Jalen Williams out of Arkansas, like if they decide to go with those players because they see more upside, more potential with them, you can't judge it just based off that, that one move of letting Lou walk or Roby go or whatever it may be. Right. Yeah. Well, think back to think back to the first iteration of the Thunder. Like how many guys shuffled through in that area? Like DJ White seemed promising, but he friend of the podcast. Around. I say that sarcastically. Perry Jones. Perry Jones. Yeah. I don't know if he looks quite as promising for the Thunder. <laughs> Fair. But um <laughs> Jerry Jeremy Lamb. Jeremy Lamb. <laughs> I was really high on Jeremy Lamb. Me too. I was too. Jeremy Lamb was really high on other things. Yes, he um <laughs> but like Jeff Green's probably the most drastic example. Like Jeff go. Green mm-hmm. I is kind of like a, a Lou Dort esque player where like he's not he's not the top tier but he's really good he can contribute really nicely he's gonna go on to have a long career whether or not that's with oklahoma city like again i I feel like we're we're emphasizing that a lot we have no idea lou dort may not be the jeff green of this iteration he may very well be the nick collison for all we know right um but i think the point is presty's trying to find one, the stars, and two, everybody else that fits together to make that championship team. And there may be some guys that just don't fit that vision or that mold, whether that be for financial reasons, whether that be t- team role or skill reasons. And you got to shuffle through to find the right one. You got to keep turning over stones to find the, the pieces that fit together. And it's not a knock on the guys, and it's not to say that they won't go on to contribute for other teams. It's just not the fit that they're trying to put together in Oklahoma City. And I think that's the longer this goes on, the harder that's going to be. Because ideally, you know, as you keep refining and keep trying to raise the level of this team, that kind of margin of error keeps getting smaller and smaller so that you're getting rid of guys that are pretty good for guys that are maybe just a little bit better. Or present you're, more upside. You're trying to raise it up just a tiny bit. And so that that those decisions and those conversations and those like emotional attachments as fans probably get harder and harder as this thing goes on. But then you start getting into the, you know, the the 
tiny moves. Like the closer you get to that championship level team, it's all about that one piece. Like we spent years as Thunder fans just talking about the one piece that we need to get us there. And that gets to be hard. This is the part where you're going to see massive turnover just because that's the phase of the rebuild that they're in right now. I could not agree more. a lot in that same situation. I think Dort, Baisley, I think is a, this is going to be a huge prove it year for him. I think uh, I don't, I, I fully assume he'll make he'll be on the roster, but I do wonder what his minutes will look like. He kind of got minutes. Yep. He had a long leash. I think last season, I don't know what that's going to look like now. Cause you want to get honed in to answer yeah. your question. So I think it's honed in quite a bit. Yeah. There's more pressure. Yeah, you want, you want to see what Poku is going to be in his now third season. You want to see Usman. I, I'm kind of still undecided on how many minutes I think he's actually going to get in the first, at least in the first half of the season uh, for the thunder, but you have to explore the roster. You have to give other people chances. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know about Baisley. I think he has a lot to prove and I kind of wonder how much of Baisley fits with this new type of player. Presti has been drafting over and over again. I think, yeah, he he fits the positional versatility from a length standpoint, but the decision making part I'm unsure of. I don't know if that's like as instinctual as Presti would prefer with the prospects he's selecting these days. I think you both allude kind of to the last point that I had, and we don't have to like dive into this because I think you both did a very good job doing so. But just kind of in summary, yes, you want to take as many bites of the apple as possible, but at a certain point, you have so many bites that there's only so much apple left. Did I uh, continue that analogy good enough? <laughs> it's pretty good. I'll buy that. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. So what I mean, obviously, by that is like, Luke Dort is not going to have nearly the shot attempts that he had last season, nor the usage that he had last season. Yep. To your point, Silva, Darius Baisley going to be in the same exact way. We talked about, I mentioned this on Friday's call-in, Darius Baisley was quote-unquote at his best in the role, the d- defined role that he had his rookie season when he was playing with that Chris Paul-led uh bubble playoff team right because he was in a more defined role with less um you know less uh, less of a longer leash to use the analogy you use silva like that's going to be honed in which is a good thing right because i think that's ultimately the role that those players are going to play long term for their careers but at the same time you also have to develop at find time to develop the usman jinx yes the blue is going to play a huge role for a lot of these players but like the Jalen Williams, for example, like there's time on the wing, but you also want to try and develop Poku as well. And Trey Mann, you want him to be a shot creator off the bench and take a bigger role next season. There's a lot of mouths to feed right now. And this is a great, great problem to have. This is the problem the Thunder want to have. I'm just, and I know they're going to handle it way better than I can even imagine right now. I'm just so curious about how they will. And to your guys' point, who's going to be, I don't want to call him a victim, but essentially a victim of that. And that's where we are kind of breaking down the Isaiah Robies, Vic Krejci's, Ty Jerome's, et cetera, yep. et cetera. Well, and I forgot about Aaron why... Wiggins. Yeah. Aaron, oh, yeah. gosh, I keep forgetting about Aaron, Aaron Wiggins. Wiggins. Yes. Is a great Aaron, okay. Aaron Wiggins is kind of like J-Dub, but like J-Dub has a little more hype coming into this trap than Aaron Wiggins did. Like they're mm-hmm. very, very similar players. Yeah. Uh, J-Dub has a little more playmaking, obviously. Probably a better shot creator, shot maker uh, from all th- or score from all three levels. But very similar players. Yep, it's another yeah. one. Great point. And I think it's why the hypotheticals of oh, Russ just needs to come back to Oklahoma City. 
What like, if Kevin Durant decides to end his career here now that he now wants Kevin, to go to Brooklyn? Kevin Durant's a different conversation, if you ask me. I mean, yeah, but we'd like, probably take that. Russ, <laughs> I, it, I mean, you're even if he takes a reduced role, he's a mentor. Like even then, he's still taking away a lot of minutes, a lot of shots, a lot of ball handling time from all the young prospects you're trying to grow. And for what? For a couple years of like a feel good story and like. Ugh, I just I don't feel that good. I don't it. see it. Right. Yes, exactly. You think he listens to anything Mark Dagnall says? Like, yeah, Mark yanks I, people out of the game <laughs> if you don't listen to him. He cannot. He would not do that to Russ. It reminds me of like, it'd be like D-Wade in Cleveland. Like, yeah. just not, or Chicago even. Like, yeah. just not yeah. the homecoming you're, you're oh really gosh, thinking. Oh my gosh, Chicago's the perfect be. example there. Their head coach um, at the time was the the old Iowa State or Iowa coach. I think. Yes, I what his name was. yes. Ho- Fred Hoiberg. Right. Hoiberg. Yeah. Yikes. Good call. What a mess oh, man. That what was. a time. Wow. <laughs> what a time. That's good stuff. But like same same goes for you know Presty made a comment on Jamichael Green. Like yeah, yes. we're gonna find him a new home. Like I loved his candidness there, but again, like you don't doesn't want... fit the timeline. There there's two ways to talk about this, right? With with the Horfords, with the Derek Favors. One is the strictly like tanking view of things like, oh, they don't want to play them because they win too many games. But the flip side is this like development has to be prioritized. And do you really want Jamichael Green or Derek Favors taking minutes away from Chet or Usman or any of the Jalen's? No, you you absolutely don't want that. Or even Chet, right? Like those are two quote unquote bigs, although yeah. Michael Green's more of a wing. Yeah. Um, but still, no, a great point. And Justin, that's I think that's the last thing that we just we, we probably haven't touched on. This isn't so much a takeaway as much as it was a final quote that Presty had. Or <laughs> not a final quote that he had, but a quote um from from yesterday that we just hadn't touched on yet was that he planned uh this was in like more of a scrum. Um, after his his presser was over, when he was just a little more candid and open to take some questions, as were the players. And I believe Nick was in this one as well and sent this to us when he said, um, yeah, Presti said that, you know, Jermichael Green, we're probably going to find him a new spot, not because we don't value him as uh, before the season, not because we don't value him as a player, but again, to all the points Justin made, just doesn't fit the timeline, right? And uh, Derek Favors is the other name there that, that Justin mentioned yep. that we haven't talked about. That right there is is two open roster spots, right? So the, yep. I, there's going to be the flexibility. I think we, I mean, that was that was good stuff. I think we we uh, definitely have set on this for a little while since Thursday, put together some really great thoughts. About to uh, break down, uh, we, we have some prospect breakdowns, although we, we won't go super in-depth on those. What I really want to get into is, you know, you guys have been hearing about the the winners and losers of the draft. We have our own iteration of that. But before that, we're going to jump into some sponsors, sponsoring today's podcast. But before we do that as well, <laughs> one other thing is tomorrow we have our, our call-in available um, yes. for you all to, to come in and talk with us. We are going to be, so we've had great participation. Y'all have showed out. We are super appreciative of that. I know Jacob has been mentioning that, trying to encourage you all to join the rooms. Y'all are joining the rooms, but I get it. It's a little intimidating to jump up and actually, quote unquote, call in. Uh, We've had some great conversations with those of you who have. Y'all also have had great thoughts in the chat. We want to encourage you all to jump up on stage and actually call in with us. So whoever joins the room, follows us on the call-in app, and then actually calls in that that uh, that segment that we have tomorrow. You are all are going to be entered into a raffle. We'll do a random raffle, give away one of our new awesome t-shirts. Uh, technically, you can choose from any of them, but I'm assuming you'll want 
the awesome new ones that just obviously want a chat shirt. Yeah, obviously. right, 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 exactly. So, gonna do a little giveaway tomorrow. Come join us, yes. call in. Not entirely sure the time. I'm trying to remember who has it tomorrow. Do you guys remember? Don't It'll know. be in the be in the evening. So keep keep yeah. your eyes out. We'll announce the time. Download the call in app. You also don't have to have the call in app to join the room. You can do it from your phone or your tablet or computer. You can just click through. But if you wanna if you wanna call in, if you wanna participate, you do have to download the app. So go do that. Um, but it's been a blast. It's it's super fun. I love the the interactivity. You guys always have great questions in the chat here, but getting to you know get you guys up on stage and kind of call in like a classic radio show is super fun. So make sure to make plans for that tomorrow night. I mean, Justin, basically the uh, the Traber of the uncontested. No. <laughs> Yard bird. <laughs> oh, great stuff. So come you know, to back when tomorrow. I played baseball. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway. It's time for an ad break. It's time for an ad it's break. It's time for an ad break. Let's let's jump into the sponsors for t- today's podcast. What's up, Thunder fans? This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast. And I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the uncontested podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U.com and search the uncontested podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man step back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shay Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design and the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to cottonbureau.com and search the uncontested podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, so we are back, and gentlemen, we uh, what I really wanted to focus on there was the overall thoughts from the draft and, and kind of tying that into what Pressy said, and I think we did a great job of that. We obviously are going to have all offseason as well as all of next season watching these actual prospects play basketball, which is what this is all about. So we won't spend a ton, ton of time here on these, these, pro, these four prospects that OKC drafted in the NBA draft. But again, just like our overall initial thoughts, we've been sitting on these and doing a little more research and breaking down some of these guys. So maybe just kind of some, um, not quite rapid fire, but just some overall thoughts a little more in depth than what we got into um, after after the draft, uh, our, our post-draft podcast that we did. I'm curious your guys' thoughts on some of these guys. So let's go ahead and start with none other than the number two overall pick, Chet Holmgren. Justin, I think you brought up a great point earlier in the podcast when you said, Maybe we aren't appreciating enough that like the Thunder got the number two overall pick. Yes. And it was Chet. So why don't you kick us off? And they got their guy, right? Like if the Thunder pick number one, you're still getting Chet. So totally. You can't, there's no like hand wringing here of like, oh, if only they had gotten number one. Like this is the guy. This is who Presty wanted. This is who Taylor and Jacob have been salivating over for years now. And I'll say this because you get, the the poku 2.0 comparisons on twitter you might hear it from a a a relative at the fourth of july cookout next week (laughs) it i get it i get it cupcakes involved at that (laughs) i hope so uh you look at the two of them just literally looking at them and you can see it but that is quite literally where it stops i urge you i implore you to go look at chet film go watch some clips of him from last season go watch some clips of him from high school you're not seeing a single thing that he does that shows up in a poku clip period chet plays with ferocity and poku plays with not any ferocity at all (laughs) (laughs) with um insane he plays with flash and so that's the thing right it's like poku's interesting yeah. Because of his height and his willingness to just like go for it, Chet's that with physicality and ball handling. Like he it's just, dog, you know? it's not the same. And no. so if you're on the fence about Chet or you're disappointed that they didn't take Jabari Smith, go just go bathe yourself in some Chet highlights, and you're gonna feel a lot better. Because that's what I've done over the last couple of days. Like just watching more and more and more of him. I think he he said it in a clip. There's a really great short interview with uh. Big Waz, noted Thunder hater Big Waz, I might add. Yeah. Um, Wasney Lambre. He sat down with Chet 
And Chet said something along the lines of like, I don't know why somebody like me has the skills that I have. Somebody like me, meaning like his height and his stature, but, but I do. And I think that sums it up. Like he yeah, just make he the, most has of the skills of somebody who's not a giant seven foot tall human being. And that's, that gets exciting. Like I, I think I started thinking about this while I was picking up dinner last night, <laughs> NBA finals, 2028, 2029, like finals MVP versus Wimby is like, that has the potential to be like it, man. Orlando magic thunder finals is going to be wild. That's the kind of like level of prospect that we're talking about here. That's again, a lot of ifs, a lot of ifs in those statements, not everything pans out, but that's what we're talking about here. Like those two dudes have the potential to be the next kind of great, superstar battle and we have one of them and he's in Oklahoma yeah. city. And so that's, I mean, looking at his film, the aggressiveness, the ball handling, the quickness with his feet. Like he, again, he doesn't look like this kind of unpolished um, player that's trying to learn how to play the game of basketball. Like Poku it's night and day. He he's got it. And so that, that's my takeaway over like, you know, two days of kind of soaking it in with Chet is just like very, very excited about what he brings to OKC. And speaking yeah, of more he, pressy quotes, oh, right? Like he, uh, he mentioned some of these uh, stories is what he called about these prospects. And the one on Chet was he knew who Chet was. He watched him and he mentioned the uh, under 19 um, or sorry, whatever, I think it was under 19, 2019, double 19s, uh, USA basketball, where Chet yep. went one-on-one, but not one-on-one, but uh, played against Victor Wimanyama, France, in, in the finals, right? Yep. And um, obviously he was on his radar long before that. Yep. But then he said he wanted to go to a Gonzaga practice and see how Chet interacted with teammates. He said he was just one of the guys until he got on the floor. And then, you know, all hell broke loose for for less of a of, of a better term. And as well as like he he mentioned a lot about the, the challenges that the interesting and unique journeys that each of these players have been on. We're going to get into Jang here in a second, but instead of staying in his comfort zone at the Tony Parker Academy, that's not what it's called, but I can't remember the actual name in France. <laughs> uh, you know, Jang could have just stayed there and been a great prospect, comfortable where he was, and probably would automatically have come into this draft as a top ten guaranteed pick. Instead. He had he, he chose a difficult journey of going to Australia, and you know Presti acknowledged that and, and the difficulties that he had to overcome, which resulted in him being a better, better player that last part of the NBL season. Um, and I think Chet, you know, kind of did a similar thing where he knew that Timmy was going to be on that team in Gonzaga instead of going to somewhere uh, like a Duke or Kentucky where he'd be the you know all the freshman yep. team. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. So all that to say, I, I, I agree completely with with what all you guys mentioned. Silva, I cut you off. Sorry. Uh, give give oh, me your good. thoughts on chat and then go ahead and lead us, lead us into, into Jang. I want you to give us a, some Jang thoughts. Okay, cool. I got to face the Jang uh, music for sure. In a second. Yes. Uh, no, Chet. <laughs> I'm so, the thing I'm most excited for with Chet is seeing what he can do with the ball in his hands more rather than playing the, the limited, the very limited role he had at Gonzaga. Um, it, this has been said, but he de- had to defer a lot. He was like the third or fourth option at, at times on that Gonzaga roster. And I think Mark's going to put him in a lot of really interesting situations with a lot more spacing than he's had in a long time. Um, I, I think he is going to surprise a lot of people with what he can do offensively. Like, like you were saying earlier, he is so yep. skilled. He like, he is not, he should be awkward 
but he's not. <laughs> he's so skilled with the ball in his hands. So I I'm, love that. He should be awkward, but he's not. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I wonder, like, how much is he going to be the one bringing the ball up the court, yep. running plays, facilitating? I, I do wonder. I wonder that. Yep. Like, how much off-the-dribble stuff we're going to see. This can be curious how long of a leash he gets, which yeah. I think would be pretty long, <laughs> but we'll find out. Yeah. Yep. Would it be uh, the last the last third of, like, the 2020 season when it was just, like, point pokey all the time? Just let, yes. let Chet just be that yes. as often as he wants. <laughs> uh, but Jang. Let's move on to Jang. Jang. You know, I did not want them to draft him. I, I did not. And it happened. Silva was booing with the Knicks fans. I was booing with the Knicks fans. <laughs> um, but I, I, I am coming around. Very slowly, I'm coming around already. Uh, I, I want to see what he can be. Uh, defensively, especially, I want to see what he can do. He's way more skilled with the ball in his hands also than I realized. I, I just kind of looked at him and, and was like, oh, okay. He's just like not polished at all as like a basketball player. Like didn't have good feel for the game but he totally does like i i was not giving him enough credit for that yeah um obviously the shot needs to come around a bit i think his form looks fine i i'm i'm very intrigued by him and i hope he gets a lot of minutes to play with the thunder even if it's like 10 minutes a game for the first half of the season i hope i hope we get to see him out there if that means giving less minutes to bays that's fine like i we want to see the guys we just drafted so I, i'm in I, i'm in on on jang I think uh, he and Poku might have a healthy little rivalry going on in the locker room. <laughs> Looking forward to that. I, I think Taylor brought up a great point with, with Jang as well about choosing to go to Australia. And we've seen that with a few draft picks now for Presti. The, the NBA okay, is a legend tough... Terrence Ferguson being one. Yeah. Terrence Ferguson, Josh Giddy, and now Usman Jang. Right. It's a tough league especially for someone who's barely 19 years old and is small. Like there's some grown men that play in the NBL. It's very different than playing in college. It's very different than if he had continued to play in France. And I think that as rough as his performance was in the NBL, it's a little tough to get a read on. Cause like Josh Giddy had some moments, but Josh Giddy wasn't great in the NBL. Mm Mm-mm. And I'd be curious to see, like, I mean, shoot, look at Shaden Sharp. Put Shaden Sharp in the NBL. We couldn't even see Shaden Sharp against NCAA tournament competition. Let's see Shaden Sharp in the NBL and see what kind of stats and performance he puts up. I'm not sure it'd be great. Put, um, I don't know, any of those other guys in that in that realm. Benedict Matherin or Keegan Murray. Like, put those guys in the NBL. I'd be very curious to see how they'd perform. I'm not sure it would look stellar. And Jane so mentioned the like, language barrier. He mentioned the adjustments. Um, yeah. Obviously still some code protocols on exactly. there. Exactly. So like a lot of challenges, uh, a hard level of competition. So put that's me putting on my thunder colored glasses of like, he's got some issues, but what I know is the NBL is tough and he was willing to like go up against some grown ass Aussies and like play basketball. So like that says something in and of itself. And then two that like Presti's been watching this kid for three, four years. That says something to me too. He's been keeping an eye on him for a lot longer than I have. And Presti's a lot yeah. better at this than, than I am. And he spent a handful of first round picks to go get him. So I'm, I'm going to let that play out before I make too much of a judgment. But I think he he's probably the most intriguing prospect of the four 
in terms of kind of seeing what we have because I'm just not really sure at this point. Preston, I would argue maybe even the highest. Risk. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, you know, exactly. I think maybe the, the highest upside. Um, I have a lot of jank thoughts, but I just would have all off season to talk about that. Uh, yes. I would just encourage our listeners to go and friend of the podcast, Keandre Hoop Intellect just did a really, really good film breakdown. I watched, um, I watched Mike Schmidt's interview yep. with, with Jang. I watched, um, there's like actually basically what these people do. I forget what the YouTube account is, but they go and just pull all the clips from Synergy and put them all together so that people like me don't have to pay for Synergy, like a thousand bucks for Synergy. <laughs> I watched all illegal. of it, right? And yeah, right. Yeah. But Hoop <laughs> Intellect, Keandre did a fantastic job. I just would encourage you all to do that. And obviously, um, we'll talk a lot about Jang throughout the offseason. Now, Let's get into quickly the the last two uh, draft picks. They both share the same first and last name. They're just spelled <laughs> a little differently. J Dub being Santa Clara, Jalen Williams, uh, Jalen Williams, J Will out of Arkansas. Curious your guys' thoughts on them. And let's go ahead and get into some basically winners and losers of the NBA draft. So this will be short because I don't know a ton. Transparently, um, J Dub. You know, I've watched watched some highlights. Nick posted something in in our group chat and on Twitter of showing his kind of catch and shoot threes, which is awesome. Uh, way better shooter than I anticipated. The defense is there. Um, he's he's got a lot of versatility to him. I'm very excited to see J Dub play. I'm also very excited to you know continue to dig into him more because transparently, like I j- I just still don't feel like I know a ton about him. Um, but I like his personality. I like the some of the main skills that he brings. Um, I think he it, the fact that Presti was able to get him and Usman is is pretty awesome. And another kind of like nice reflective moment on the draft. Jay Lynn, Jay Will from Arkansas. Um, excited for him, but like again, being realistic, he's going to spend a lot of time in the G League. He has a chance to be a feel-good story. Do I think he's like a cornerstone of this team? Probably not, but maybe he could surprise us. I think I was talking to a buddy who's a big Razorbacks fan. He was like, y'all are going to love him. Like, he's the guy that'll take 67 charges a game. Like, he's just, he kind of reminds me of like, the way he describes him is a little bit like Kenny Hustle-esque. Like, he's just going to get out there and do it. And if he does that, like, we know Thunder fans, Thunder fans are going to love him because we love Kenny Hustle. We love the Nick Collisons. Like we're all about that. And it, it feels like he could be another one of those kind of do it all players. Yeah, that's right. Justin, uh, no, no, you fan, but he actually went to the university of Arkansas, believe it or not. That's not actually <laughs> true. Wait, wait, I thought you went to U of A. Went I went to, to school U- in Arkansas, but not U of A. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm a liar. <laughs> Dirty liar. So uh, give me your Jay Wolf thoughts. I'm sorry. How do you roll this? Pretty yeah, uh, Jay, I'm very excited about J-Dub. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how it looks. His highlights uh, at Santa Clara were awesome. I thought he played a very mature game. Um, some of the stuff he did in pick and roll, like getting in front of the guys and getting getting them on his back, is stuff I don't feel like you see that much from, from a college guy, especially a, one that grew as quickly as he did and ascended as quickly as he did. Um, his character jumps off. To me right out of the gate um great interview just really intricate guy uh, obviously very hungry i think it means something that he went to the combine and like tried so hard to raise his stock and it worked because he, he was originally going to be mid-20s for, for a long time um, maybe lower maybe lower and then he had yeah. a not only that so like he had a great first day yeah like there was even more players who had great first days and pulled out of the second day of the combine because so, oh, i go i performed well they, they saw what i could do 
He played mm-hmm. the second day and did the same thing. Yeah. Great point. Seems like a really high character guy. I'm, I hope he gets a ton of minutes. Uh, I would love to see he and Trey Mann kind of orchestrate the bench, the bench unit. Um, very excited. Jay Will, I know much less about. Uh, I'm trying to separate the idea of him and Roby being like the same player in my head. I need to like not do that. Um, I want to give Jay Will all the all the opportunity to like prove himself. Um, it's he may spend like you said he may spend a lot of time in the G League, but regardless, it's it's cool to have another big uh, like him that that is that athletic and plays with that level of feel. Um, I, I'm I'm waiting to see on Jay Will. Weird Agreed. weird question. If if four years from now one of the two Jays does not make it. Do we then go back to calling them Jalen or mm, are we sticking with that? Is a great Ooh. question. <laughs> I feel like that'd be sad. I think to... we stick with these nicknames because yeah, if that player sticks, the nickname's gonna stick. Yeah, you just kind of forget about I feel the like other player Thunder and their fandom, other player nickname. Thunder fandom prefers nicknames anyway. We love yeah. a good nickname. Yeah, yeah, love a good nickname. Won't Chet's be gonna be to so interesting because it's just like Chet. It's just such an easy Chet. Like Usman is obviously gonna be Us, Ooze. and like anytime he does anything, it's gonna be. Ooh, I, I mean, I can't wait for that. Chet just kind of feels like Chet. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, I, I I think you guys did a really good job there. Um, the only thing I, I want to add is J Dub. I I am a really big fan. I've had you know I, I, again hosting the podcast today. I've been doing a disservice not to mention uh, Jacob talking to us, saying and he mentioned this Thursday night after we were diving into him a little more like. There's a little shade there in terms of finishing around the basket. I had somebody reach out to me that I actually really respect and has some really good draft takes. Say there's even a little PG-13 there, which again, all this seems very, very optimistic. Very optimistic. (laughs) The point being, he's a three-level scorer. Three-point shots coming along. There's a lot of room for improvement, which is exciting. He grew eight inches in high school from his sophomore to his senior year. He was a point guard, grew into a wing body. This last year really kind of essentially grew into the said body and, and learned how to use that defensively on the defensive end of the ball, like so alluded to earlier in the podcast, but still is able to play make at a pretty high level um, as well as now score on all three levels of the court and just a high IQ, high character guy. Like you guys mentioned, listening to his, his interviews, even listening to his draft break or his film breakdown with Mike Schmitz, just great speaker. Um, Jay well of Arkansas charge leader uh, in the SAC, I believe uh, just one of those guys that's willing to do it all. Think of like a Nick Collison mold, but obviously we don't know what he's going to eventually, you know, evolve into. But yep. um, just really fun, interesting prospects that all share a lot of characteristics. I think is what I was kind of getting at here when I threw this this segment in here. Uh, and that kind of goes back to our, our original seg- segment we did earlier. So I know we've gone long. Let's go ahead and wrap our, rapid fire through this last segment. We have uh, NBA draft essentially grades, but in, in traditional uncontested form. I wanted to do something a little different. Instead of our like it, love it, gotta have it. You know, we did that with our, our draft pick, right? Yeah. Like, obviously, we're going to like a draft pick. We aren't going to hate a draft pick. But this is a little different. We're going T by team, draft by draft that each team had. We're probably not going to like every single one. We're probably going, going to hate some of them. So let's go ahead and do a like <laughs> it, love it, hate it for these, okay? Taylor just desecrating Jacob's Cold <laughs> no, Stone no, Creamery no, 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 inspired no, 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 game. No. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's never letting me host ever again. We're only like an hour 30. I've taken us off the rail like 10 times. I'm changing his segments. I like it. Uh, again, I love this, it. this is my one and done. This is my moment to shine. Okay, <laughs> let's go ahead. I, I have a list of, of teams here. I want your guys' thoughts on these 
these drafts that each team had. And at the end, if there's any that we didn't get to that you all have in mind, we can mention them at the very end. So let's go ahead and start. Uh, we'll start clockwise to my left, upper left, northwest, J.D. Silva. <laughs> Give me your thoughts on the Pistons draft. They had a very, very interesting draft. Yeah, I love it. I, I love their draft. Troy, Troy Weaver has done such a good job in his now two seasons there, just being opportunistic, uh, doing what the team has to do to bottom out, which is what you need to do to get out of the middle. Did that. Got Cade, already had Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart's interesting. And then he comes back and gets two guys in the lottery. Uh, when they only, I believe they only had the fifth pick in the lottery. They knew the Knicks were trying to move, move some things around. Got Duran, who I love, um, for not a lot, if I remember correctly. That didn't take very much. I think basically the, they, the asset they took they got on from Kimba's the Grant trade contract, they flipped yep. it. Yeah. And then there was um, like some other like smaller picks involved, but yeah, you're yeah. exactly right. Swapping Jeremy Grant for Jalen Duran, like very smart, very smart way to kick the can down the road and bet on on upside. The Pistons are going to be so fun next year, I think. Um, I think uh, what what is his name? What is the the guard that has played next to Cade last the last season? Killian. Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes. I think there's going to be a lot less conversations about around Killian Hayes and like how he is developing. It's going to be the uh, Cunningham and Jaden Ivey show. Um, I'm, they're going to be a blast. I could not yeah. agree more. Could not agree more. I thought they had a really good draft. And it's interesting, like comparing Troy Weaver's rebuild yeah. to Sam Presti's rebuild, considering Weaver's of the, the Presti tree. Yep. Seems like he's pushing the chips a little sooner. Yep. But that's not me wishing that Sam Presti was doing that thing. I just find it, you know, interesting that the two philosophies and team, team building. Um, and now, right, like to your point, Silva. It seems less likely that team like the Pistons are willing to to go after DeAndre Ayton, but they still have that cap room. They could mm-hmm. go after a player like that. So there's still more moves to be had. Justin, another very, very interesting team linked to OKC on draft night. And this is interesting because this team didn't even make a pick. I mean, they made a pick, but they traded it. The New York Knicks. Hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Why? <laughs> what are they doing? I don't get it. I don't understand it. They caused the most chaos of the night. Um, and they walk away with Trevor Keels. Cool. Like, <laughs> oh, I didn't. I, I think I kind of forgot that. So I, I guess they didn't take a player. Pick, pick kind number of. forty-two. Poor man's Lou Dort. I just okay. I don't know. The Knicks need help. That's the thing I can't get past. If they were just in a position where picks were the most beneficial thing, then I get it. it you know, it, it's still not sexy. It's not exciting. But they need help. And I'm not sure Trevor Keels has helped. They got rid of Kimba, Kimba, which helps trying to make a push for Jalen Brunson, which I guess this this night looks better if you do that. But that's a big if, especially for the Knicks. And given historical swings at free agents, I'm guessing they don't get Jalen Brunson, in which case I'm sticking with my hate it grade. If they get Jalen Brunson, I'll upgrade it. But Even otherwise, if they do, no. that is a, the, the rumored amounts. Like 124 yeah. years for Jalen Brunson, a great, great player. But it'd be not... such a Knicks thing to do. Oh my yes, God. <laughs> exactly. We missed out on Kyrie. Yeah. We missed out on Kevin Durant. And so we're going to sign Jalen Brunson. Exactly. Yeah. I could could not agree more there. Um, obviously, it's a little better if they do get their guy yep. since they hired his, his dad as an assistant coach. Yes, there's the <laughs> historical connections there with Tibbs, with Leon uh-huh. Rose. It uh-huh. doesn't matter. They did that for a reason. All of that to say, uh, I agree with you. And I still don't know if that raises the grade that much for me, even if they do get Brunson. Yep. Next, 
San Antonio Spurs had a very interesting draft. They were a team coming into the draft, I thought, like the Thunder, that may, you know, three first-round picks, thought they may consolidate, try to move up. They did not. They they had a very similar draft to the Thunder in that way. Silva, give me your thoughts on the Spurs. I like it. Uh, I, I like it because it feels like they're choosing. I think they're starting to choose a direction because Jake Fisher reported a few hours ago today that there are still discussions going on between Atlanta and the Spurs. I that. like Fisher. I, I often I, I trust his reports more mm-hmm. than maybe others do. All that to say, the fact that he did that after like kind of contradicting himself back earlier yeah. or, or sorry later last week, and then like said, "Oh, and by the way, we're going to be going live on call in tomorrow." Yep, leaves me a little skeptical. Anyway, probably a, continue, there's probably continue, a connection continue, there. I, yeah, I like <laughs> I like all the guys they got. I uh, Sohan, I think will be great, great there for them. Really versatile player, um, and I like they got Branham much later than I think he was projected to go. Uh, yep. So good value there. Um, John Hollinger's like love child in this draft, Blake Wesley, <laughs> who he had like seventh on his board. They got him. And, uh, I did uh, like in the thirties. I Not think. that much, but yeah, yeah. no, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm excited. I, I think the Spurs uh, Popovich is likely at least if not this, if not this off season, the next, I'm sure will step down and they can go in a different direction. They, they could be a surprise, not even a surprise. They could be a tanking team this year. I think if they end up moving DeJounte somewhere. So yeah, I like it. I like it. I agree. I, I really liked what they did. And um, so home is kind of connected there as well as like AC. I think that's, that's a pretty great fit. And the fact that they got Branham so, so late, quote unquote late, I thought was, was great as well. Justin, another team. I mentioned them earlier, very similar to the Oklahoma city thunder, the Orlando magic end up drafting uh, Paulo Bancaro at number one, the smoke screen. You can probably get into that. And then Caleb Houston, the, the mm-hmm. player who was rumored to have a promise, maybe should have gone back to college a year away from being a year away kind of player. Orlando ends up picking him. Give me your thoughts on Apollo and Houston to Orlando. I love it. It's I'm hard not to love it. Houston Rockets. it. It's hard not to love it when you get the number one pick, Anthony Bennett, notwithstanding. But like, Apollo's a great pick. I mean, any of the three, we made that argument. Any of the three, could could be great. They have the tools. They have the potential to be excellent. I still don't fully understand why they smoke screened when they were number one, but they did, and they did it well. I think they maybe even surprised Paolo. <laughs> but, yeah, um, it, yeah it's going to be awesome. I think he, he's a really great fit with that team, and I love the swing on Caleb Houston. Like, we talked a little bit about how, you know, if he takes the Shaden Sharp route, does he go top five, top ten? Maybe. He didn't. He underwhelmed. Does he still have some of that potential in him? I think ab- you can absolutely find out. And at 32, you're okay taking that swing. Um, trading pick 35 for cash to the Lakers is a little underwhelming. Like, at least get something back other mm-hmm. than money. Other than that, though, I mean, you, you can't knock it. Uh, I think it'll be Paolo in, in Orlando will be a lot of fun to watch. I agree with that. Rockets, another interesting team. Speaking of Paulo, speaking of uh, Caleb Houston, Rockets end up with Jabari Smith Jr. falling to them at three. Ty Ty Washington, that was a team that ended up taking him. And then Tari Eason. So, Silva, give me your thoughts on Houston. Like it, love it, hate it. I think it's just going to be like it. I think Houston, like whether they ever admit it or not, I think they did want Paolo. Um, Jabari's still going to be good there. I do worry a bit about the structure of their team. Uh, we talked how Mark Dagnall has enacted a very disciplined structure. Everyone has defined roles. Sometimes I think Houston's just kind of rolling the ball out and hooping. Um, I hope there's less of that in this next season. I hope 
a guy like Ty Ty Washington can work out so they can have a real point guard and not Kevin Porter Jr. Um, in that spot. Um, I, I think Jalen Green and Jabari Smith are going to increase the watchability of the Rockets a ton, though. So I like it. Hey, there you go. Uh, next one, we have the Grizzlies, which is really interesting. They did a lot of trading kind of to get the players that they wanted. Jake Larabia, Roddy with the body, Roddy, 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 uh, and Kennedy Chandler. Give me your guys, uh, so, uh, Justin, give me your guys' uh, Give me your thoughts on the Memphis Grizzlies draft night. I like it. Uh, I uh, got got a little caught up on my taking the stallion, and you know, uh, I think uh, I like it. it. It's hard to be when you when you pick where the Grizzlies did. It's hard to get a love it. I'm a, honestly a little bummed at the trade they did with the Sixers, which is probably dragging down my grade a little bit. Um, I I don't know how to feel about bringing back Danny Green, you know, um, in this scenario, sending away DeAnthony Melton. LaRavio could be good. I love David Roddy. Like, that's probably the, the highest grade for me is, like, taking a swing on David Roddy. I think it'd be super fun. He just feels like he is the perfect Memphis Grizzly player. Um, so that Great I mean, and grind so good. Like Zach Randolph <laughs> is going to love him. <laughs> uh, so I think that's fun, but I think no, nothing to get like super excited about nothing. That's going to like elevate them into the stratosphere. But I think given where they were this last year, they don't need that. So Great. getting, getting some more pieces that can help round them out. And I think they might've done that. And the one name you didn't mention there, uh, Kennedy Chandler, obviously out yeah, Tennessee, right. I, I wasn't the biggest fan because he's very short, but you know what? Tyce Jones, if he ends up going somewhere in free agency like he's been linked to, that's a pretty good pickup there to help fill yep. fill those minutes behind Jaw. Next one, so these last ones will go, will go pretty quick because these player these teams only drafted one player. So uh, talk to me about the Warriors getting Pat Baldwin Jr. Uh, I oh, believe man. they trade up as well and got uh, Ryland Rollins as well in the second yeah. round, which is uh, I, I like both. Mm-hmm. quite a bit i will admit that i like it uh, i knew the warriors would somehow get some some guy would fall to them that i would end up liking and i think if there was a team that a guy like pat baldwin could go could end up on that would give him the the role that he can probably play early in his career uh it's gonna be the warriors like they they are just gonna surround him with confidence and ease him into things he might not play for a couple years with all the veterans they have on their team and other young guys are trying to grow uh but that's a great spot for him i like what they did I do too. I love that Rollins pickup as well. That was very, very underrated. Uh, typical Warriors. Well done. Hornets, Mark Williams, Justin, talk to me. I think they also got like an additional first round pick there, uh, maybe in that, that three team trade. I can't remember through all the madness. What's right. your thoughts on the Hornets, primarily Mark Williams? I would have loved to see Jalen Duran, but I like, I like Mark Williams as well. Uh, I think that's a great pick. I, I honestly, Given where they picked at and who they walked away with, I'm going to put the Hornets at a love it. Oh, okay. I, I like that. I love Mark Williams in Charlotte. Oh, they ended up with uh, Josh Minot as well. That's okay, what that was I the other was just one about to say. I think oh, sorry. Sorry. Minot. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, he, he could be really intriguing too. I think he's got some nice tools, kind of that slasher role, I think could be a lot of fun in Charlotte as well. Again, given the picks that they had, I think they did. I think they did pretty well. Very good point. Um, so Pelicans, moving on to the Pels. They had a very interesting draft as well. Obviously, uh, that eighth pick was thought to maybe be up for grabs, but instead they were one of the ones just like the Trailblazers 
who decided to stay put and take BPA, best player available, Silva. Talk to me about the the Pelicans getting Dyson Daniels at eight, and then somehow makes me a little nervous, but I still love this guy, EJ Liddell in the second round, as well as some other player uh, out of Mega alongside Jovic. I love it. Carlo uh, Matko- Mat- Makovic. Yeah. I think I actually didn't butcher that one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Sorry. Uh, no. I, I love it. Uh, Dyson is, that's like a perfect fit to me. Uh, they they needed a point guard uh, with size, which they had in Lonzo, let him go, but everyone dogged him for it. And they just, they, this is the perfect rebound from that situation, I think. Um, Dyson is not going to have to do a ton offensively, which I don't think he's going to be able to do right out of the gate anyway. Um, they have proven that they can develop people in shooters, no matter who they are. Um, I, I think it's great. Love what they did. I agree. I agree completely. Uh, this next one on my list, we're going to save for last, and we'll do a roundtable, obviously. Uh, but the, the last team I have before I want to pick your guys' brains for any teams I missed, Sacramento Kings. Obviously a super interesting team. All the talk about pick number four being potentially traded. Will they take Ivy, even though he's not the best fit? Will they take Murray, even though he is the best fit? They end up going with Keegan Murray at pick number four, but this is kind of underrated. They take Jaden Hardy in the second round, who was uh, predicted by many to be picked in the first. So, Justin, you're up next. Give me your thoughts on Keegan Murray Keegan Murray, and Jaden Hardy on the Sacramento Kings. I think they traded Hardy to the Mavericks, too. Yeah. they. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Good point. So they end up getting assets for Jaden Hardy. Good point. Uh, which Jay, which Jay, is a perfect uh, segue. Robson. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. What in the gosh darn frick, Sacramento? <laughs> like, come on. Jaden Ivey was right there. Like, Keegan Murray, sure, fine. He'll be something, I'm sure. Like, he's not a bad player. I don't hate Keegan Murray. I hate taking Keegan Murray at four before Jaden Ivey. Like, that is unbelievable and if i'm a kings fan i'm livid because once again the kings just continue to like pick right before somebody that could be generational like i'm very high on Jaden ivy and i'm not saying that he's gonna be luca but like this could look back and be like when they passed on luca you're gonna look at keegan murray like i hope he proves everybody wrong if he does, he, the Kings will probably trade him. But I think that, you know, I, we're going to look back at this and just be dumbfounded that the Kings took Keegan Murray over Jaden Ivey. Just on the constant quest for mediocrity. It's unbelievable. And then just hoping they stay there. Uh, I mean, I understand oh, why Golden State has so many bandwagon fans, because if I was yeah, they're all in a fan, I'd jump ship too. You're right. Exactly. Exactly. And then... uh the, the Los Angeles teams can't keep players long enough to to be fans of them. So everybody's a Warriors fan. Yeah. Uh, okay. That was a little small small market bias from from your own Taylor <laughs> here, gentlemen. Really quick before the Thunder, and then before we get off here, any other teams I missed that you guys think off the top of your head that had good bad drafts that stuck stuck out? Yeah, I don't think so. No. Nope. There was one other I thought of uh, when I was driving home from getting Chipotle, and, and I forgot it. So we'll just go ahead and do a quick <laughs> roundtable. We obviously have talked a lot about the Oklahoma City Thunder and their draft picks. We don't need to dive into details here. But after all we talked about earlier in the podcast, I want your guys' thoughts, and I'll, I'll round us out here. Like it, love it, hate it for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Silva, starting with you. Love it, love it, love it. I'm all in. Very happy with uh, all the guys they got. Love it. I mean, how could you not? 
we we gushed about it earlier. You got the bell of the ball in Chet, and you got a bunch of complimentary pieces that are very intriguing, very high upside, and very long. And uh, yeah, I love it. Could not agree more. Obviously, uh, a bit of a homerism here, but I, I don't even think that's the case. You go back and listen to Kevin O'Connor. You listen to some of the ES. There was a couple of ESPN guys. There was, I hate to say this one, but Bill Simmons, because it's the only one I can, other one I can remember. There's been tons <laughs> of people, national yep. media, who actually do this for, get paid to do this for a living, who uh, who consider the Thunder winners, winners. And I could not agree more. To Justin's point, if you take Chet at two, that's already a win. The rest is gravy. And then I think this kind of this is one point we didn't mention in the Presti uh, draft takeaways that I mentioned on Friday's Colin that we didn't mention here, but the Thunder did trade up for eleven. But I mentioned this a couple different times, and then Presti actually re- reiterated it in a scrum that he did post post uh, draft, whatever you want to call it, availability. Yes, he traded up for eleven, but he didn't do that just for Usman Jang. He he traded those three protected first rounders to get Usman Jang and Jalen Williams, both J Dub both who they had high on his board. So the fact that they get both of them and they still get a flyer and Jalen Williams out of Arkansas, I think it's just a win, win, win. Uh, I love it. Love it. Gentlemen, we covered a lot of ground. Again, Jacob is never going to let me, let me host ever again because it'll be another two hour podcast. But I loved everything we talked about. Taylor going long. Never, never. That's what she said. Okay. Anyway, let me just go ahead and Silva, so, uh, hit the outro music. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you guys hear the music? No. no. What? Really? <laughs> what a tease. Are you kidding me? Kind of thought this is uh this no, is my I'm fault and you're waiting on me. What the heck? Hey, now? You know what? <gasps> this is so much better. Can you hear that? No. no. What you know heck? what? It's okay. Oh, that's We it can afterwards. go back and add it and post it. We'll do it live. Yeah. it will do it live. I saw Thank you updated. all for tuning in. You guys, seriously, you're the listener support here um, leading up to the draft. Even going back to this point last year, the growth that we've had has been tremendous. The way you guys showed out for us on draft night, uh, both during the podcast and before that during our live stream. And since then, it's just been phenomenal. And it's all because of you all that we're able to continue to do what we love and continue to improve. I'm seeing the, seeing the comments in here. Hey, uh, Pluel wants us just to hum it. So, uh, so Silva, maybe you just do a little. Thank you all for tuning in. Obviously, again, we went long with this one because there's just so much to talk about. We're going to have you all covered all the way through Summer League. We will have people feet on the ground live in Vegas to cover Vegas Summer League and then the rest of the offseason to free agency next week. Everything else we'll have you all covered. So thank you all again for tuning in. Thank you all for your support. And as always, Thunder Up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.